Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. This episode of Rooster Radio is brought to you by Viva Techie. Viva Techie is ready to serve you fresh, delicious Mexican street food at its finest. With selections like street-style tacos, burritos, Mexican bowls, quesadillas, and more, Viva Techie will fulfill your Mexican food needs. So next time you're craving Mexican food, come on to downtown Gastonia and check out Viva Techie. They're at 238 West Main Avenue, and when you get there, tell Francisco that the rooster sent you. I haven't done any kind of research or looked into it at all. I don't know anything about it. All I know is there was people saying some Chinese balloon. And when I heard that, I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> There's no way a Chinese balloon made it all the way across the <laughs> continental United States of America. So what's really happening? That's pretty messed up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so glad I stopped watching the news. I, oh, I, man, I used I to be a news junkie, man. I used to watch, like... Fox News and CNN and shit all the time, and yeah. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just so glad I don't anymore. I'm so much more relaxed. I'm so less stressed. Like like once you unplug from all that stuff, you start to realize like like it, it's it's on it's on purpose. It's like like it's just this constant. Just like, you're yeah. being berated nonstop, 24 hours a day with this is what you need to be alarmed about, and yeah. none of it really fucking matters, man. Well, I mean that's just, yeah. I think my like the pumping of it's fear that's being pumped like like most of the shit that you see on the news never really happens to most people they just kind of like prepare for bullshit that yeah. never happened like I yeah know. i mean every five years milk's giving you cancer and then it's something else like it's like they pull these crazy stories it's the same thing with like your local paper you know local paper will do stories on you know bird watching cameras <laughs> <laughs> attorney's bird watching cam meanwhile you've got like some really cool stuff going on around town and no one hears a peep about it yeah evidently good news doesn't sell yeah you know, like you, know, you, you turn on the tv to, to look for you know i i even stopped watching local news i used to watch for the weather i got you know i want to keep up with the yeah. weather i just scrapped it and put their the, the <laughs> app on my phone and i'm just oh I look on my so phone you just for risk it all now honey just yeah. <laughs> No, I just use the weather app. <laughs> Pretty dry day today. Sunu. <laughs> Tsunami. God, yeah, man. I don't know, man. Just un- unplugging from the machine, man. The the constant rat race, the constant trying to keep up, and you know, I I don't know. I guess when it all started when I when I had this idea, when I decided I was going to do this and open this place, yeah. I kind of just shifted all of my attention and all of my energy into that. And, you know, even though it took four years to get this place open, it's, it, I'm in such a happier place mentally now because I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not even paying attention to, to what all's going on. You know, if it's important enough, I'll find out. Somebody's going to tell me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It just give information to kind of get to you somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't have cable. We cut cable off a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't watch really anything on TV for the most part. I, here and there, like, I just don't have time just to sit down for an hour to watch something. So I just kind of, I see stuff in spurts. So, yeah. or like if I'm social media, I see stuff just, all right, I need to make a video about this or something, but there's, a, there's like a handful of shows that I'll keep up with. And you we just, well, I just finished, I just finished the last season of walking dead and I, I kept up with that. <laughs> a lot of people gave up on walking dead after the Negan years, but, uh, you know, it's, there was a couple of down seasons, but it got good again. And, uh, I think they wrapped it up pretty nicely. Okay, yeah, okay. That, that was a good one. For me. I'm like, yeah. I, I quit it. I quit it season nine because when I when I had Netflix, uh, that was the latest season on Netflix. Ain't that shit? And then I lost Netflix for like two years, and they're just now putting season ten on Netflix. So ain't that something? Now we can't even share passwords. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to give you my password, but so sorry, man. Yeah. Look, I'm getting married to somebody with Netflix. That's hey, the, that's the key. This man, he looking out for his future. Right. <laughs> he know me the ten dollars you gonna Netflix, wait. It's more than that now. Disney Plus, Hulu. Jeez, well, yeah. Uh, watch more than just YouTube now. <clears throat> it's a regular cable bill now, though. <laughs> man, we scrapped. We I had uh, I live out in the country, so um, we had satellite. Yeah, I scrapped satellite years ago, man. We've been doing streaming apps for a while now. We we still pay for like we pay for Netflix. Um, play yeah. for Discovery, pay for Discovery Plus. I about to say you got to do a satellite. But you, well, my yeah. wife loves that stuff. Like I, 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 anytime I could, like I get home late at night yeah. right now, and my wife will be in bed, and the TV will still be running. It's always some murder shit. Like <laughs> it's, it's always. He was such a nice guy. <laughs> he was a, he was a deacon at the church. <laughs> Every night I come home and I'm hearing some wild story about some crazy person killing people. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising like that. There's quite a few people that go to sleep who listen to, to death and murder. <laughs> you know what? Excuses. Well, I'm just learning, trying to learn in case I ever have to get in that kind of situation. <laughs> Why do you think I watch porn? <laughs> hey, good one. <laughs> what, what happens if I ever get in a situation like that? I'd like to know what the fuck I'm doing. And most of these porns, you never get in that situation. Nobody just shows yeah. up yeah, with no, pizza. None of that's real. Hey, Big Daddy. Well, you, no. know, you gotta be prepared. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to give BDJ a mic for this show. <laughs> He's talking every day. <laughs> nah, I, I mean, I, I do. I, it's 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 dumb, but I fall asleep to SVU a lot of times. Lone or SVU. <laughs> I made it all the way to like like the more recent years. Like I, I noticed like there was a shift around I don't know season like sixteen or so. Like they started getting real like political with it, and like like that's that's that'll turn me off a show so quick when they start dropping that. That you know, political like you know, wokeness and all this other stuff that that, that 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 people are talking about now, and it's so obvious. It's like sitcoms these days, right? <clears throat> mm. Sitcoms are trash now, man. It's it, there's like this 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 um, what do you call it? Like a blueprint for how to make a sitcom now, and it's terrible. It's Oh, let's put let's put four different races together in a situation. Let's make the white guy dumb and goofy. You know, we gotta have we gotta have somebody that's either gay or trans. And it's it's like there's this formula that they've got now for sitcoms, and it's so like forced. Where you know, 
what made shows funny, like 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 um, um, Seinfeld. Seinfeld is one of the funniest sitcoms ever was. What made that show funny was like there was not a single episode that you couldn't find yourself in that situation. You know what I mean? Like it was all situational setup. Like this is everyday stuff that happens. You know, King of Queens was like that. You know, I like King of Queens. You know, I never really, I never really got into Seinfeld. I never really watched that. Oh, King of Queens, yes, I watched that. Uh, I like sitcoms myself. I, I, I agree. I think the issue with sitcoms now is that they, they try to avoid the stereotypes, but the stereotypes are kind of what made it funny. Yes. It was yeah. part of the comedy. <coughs> yes, and exactly. I, I'm, I'm of the belief if you can't laugh at yourself, then you just kind of live a sad life. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's so offended by everything. I mean, I I think that's the. I don't know. As as a comedian, I'm I'm often around comics, and comics are weird. So I, I get a chance to see both sides from, you know, people that stay fucked up shit. I'm me being one of, <laughs> but I know how to clean it up for the people that want to clean. I know how to dirty it up for the people that want to dirty. I, I I think I think a lot of the that the issue that we're talking about. I think a lot of it stems from us not having any more real problems. You know, like as a society, as a whole, you're living a good life. <laughs> no, you, all right. Yeah, I'm not watching the news. There you go. No, it's it's we've we've kind of made it to a point where like every like we have so many comforts. Like we're not we're not living in a time you know, just a hundred hundred fifty years ago. You see, they ain't got enough shit to do. <laughs> that's that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like people were spitting out kids, so they had people to to man the farm, you know, so they could feed themselves. And now everything is so accessible for the most part. And I think that that's part of why we're at this point. In in you know, I hate using the word zeitgeist, but that's it's kind of where we're at. What's that? Zeitgeist. I don't know what that is, man. Uh, just culture. <laughs> where where our American culture is now exactly. is 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 you know things have gotten so easy for us we've run out of real problems so now we're gonna make shit up and we're gonna be angry about it and we're gonna protest and we're gonna do this and that and it's like you know you know I, I look at there's still people that are homeless like let's solve that problem before we start solving you know let's before we start you know changing I, I'm not gonna go there fuck it. Speaking of funny, we're talking to <laughs> we're talking to comedian Ray Money today on the show. Say, uh, Ray, introduce yourself. Tell tell us tell our our friends and our family and our our fans who you are. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is comedian Ray Money. Uh, uh, from uh, Troy, Alabama. Um, I don't know what else to tell you, man. I'm just a regular dude. I just tell jokes. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Well, Ray's a funny guy, and Ray is the host and the producer of the Comedy Night in Gastonia at the Rooster. It's the fourth Thursday of every month. We had our first uh, we had our first show last week. It went really well. So um, you know, we we bring in tables and chairs, so it r reduces our capacity. So we can only fit sixty people in here when we bring in tables and chairs. And we had we sold fifty tickets to our very first comedy show. He brought in Joy Wills, who's a comedian out of Charlotte. Uh, Todd Riley, I believe, is from Illinois. Is that right? Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. And uh, they were both hilarious. Our very own Cody with a K opened the show with a nice little five minute set, and it went over so well. We're going to keep doing it, and uh, that's why we're talking to Ray today. So th first of all, thank you for for bringing the show to to the Rooster. Oh yeah, thank yeah. you for for having me, man. It's uh. I was surprised when um, uh, when you hit me up, so I was like, "All right, let, let's do it." Yeah. Well, that's a cool story. I actually, I actually 
didn't meet Ray. I saw Ray perform at the Comedy Zone. My wife and I went to a show, and I think it was Charlie Murphy. I could be wrong about that. Uh, and Ray was an opener at the Comedy Zone for that show. And I thought it was really funny, so I followed him on social media. And uh, I've been following you for, that's been a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. So I've been following this whole time, and we had just opened up. Like, we were right about to open, and I saw Ray post something about doing comedy in Kings Mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the light bulb went off in my head, and I immediately went and, and messaged you on Facebook. And I was like, hey, what do I got to do to get you at the rooster? <laughs> and then uh, Ray came with his lovely wife and his child, and we had what was a two-hour conversation yeah. about, you know, about you know, living, living our dreams and, and, you know, swinging for the fences and all that. And, and uh, now we have this comedy show. But there's a lot more going on. Talk, talk about what you got going on because you, 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 you made a huge move this year in 2023. Oh, so man. tell them what you did. Oh, man, I've been making I say huge moves, man, pretty much my whole life and career here. Uh, well, I guess the biggest one has been um, at the beginning of 2023, I left uh, my banking job of 17 years at Wells Fargo. Uh, I was a corporate banker. I was an officer in the corporate healthcare uh, sector, and then and decided uh, to leave. Just jump and out there, man. I mean, it's a dream, man. Yeah, don't don't downplay it. That's that's a cushy job. That's a you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of stress. I guess uh, I don't know if it's a. Yeah, I can't say that. My perspective is different. I, I've I've been so involved in. I've been doing this part time for almost ten years. Uh, in stand-up, and uh, I've always been just chipping away at it, even with being in the banking. So it's been a lot of 24-hour nights, <laughs> like 24-hour days, let's just say, yeah. uh, driving. But, I mean, this year I decided, it was like, all right, I've, I'm going to make the plunge, man, make the jump. So. Well, let's go back to the beginning. What made you decide to pull the trigger? And ju- I mean, how did you get started? Did you just show up to an open mic at the, the Comedy Zone? Like, what, what got you started? Yeah, actually, but it wasn't the, the main Comedy Zone in um, – in Charlotte, it was a. There used to be a small comedy club in was it Fort Mill, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It used to be a small little. Uh, uh, the Comedy Zone had a small little club there. Yeah, they would do like monthly shows at. Um, and I just happened to go to one of the open mics, and I was like, "All right, I'll see what it's like." I was just going to watch, and then um, at the time, it was just uh, another comic, uh, Chris Carrado. <laughs> he was uh, he was the host uh, or doing a sign-up list or running this mic or something of that nature. And uh, he was like, hey, uh, did you want to go up? Because I was just standing around. I guess he thought I looked like a comic. Maybe. You had that look in your eye, didn't <laughs> you? Look in my he eye. saw that look in your eye. And at the time, there was a few comments that had already been on stage. And I was like, all right, I can't do that bad. So, <laughs> And it wasn't that many people in there, you know. So I was like, sure. So he put my name on the list. And then right before I went up, it was probably like two people before me. The There was a bar connected to it. So it was a bar, and then there was like this little event space that they turned into like a comedy spot. Uh, it let in about 30 people at the time. So in this little space, it was packed in there. Then I was like, oh, man. You <laughs> <I laughs> thought you was going in front of a handful of people, and yeah, now you got yeah, a, full, a room full of people. A room full of people. And... Uh, I, did, I got laughs, and I mean, I didn't, it wasn't in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, I got a few laughs. I was like, okay, that, it wasn't that bad, so I got some laughs. You know, because most comics, they get to comparing themselves to to the comics before they went before them. Yeah. Uh, over time, my, my idea about that has changed, but it, I got laughs, and they kept me coming back. I got the bug, and I haven't stopped since. I've been 
Do you remember what, like, the first joke you told that got the laugh? Like, what was it? Oh. If that was 10 years ago, you might not be able to tell wow. anymore. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I never really thought about it. Let me think. Uh, what was the joke? Uh, I don't. It was something about a, a cashier. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I don't know. I've been kind of. Uh, I don't really do politics or anything of that nature in my stand-up. I, mean, I guess I could, but I just I don't watch TV enough to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch enough news. To watch enough news to know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much been it. I don't remember. No, that's a very good question because I've, I've never thought about even thinking. Hmm, what was my first joke? <laughs> well, you said something before the show. Uh, you said you you try to write a minute a day. Yeah. So talk for a minute about. How you went from showing up to an open mic, you, you know, you're just hanging out, you're like, okay, let me try this. You do it, you catch the bug, you know, and you said yourself you kind of did it part-time for 10 years. So you, you kept at it, you kept chipping away at it. At some point, it, there must have been a shift in your perspective of how you approach it and, and decided, okay, I'm going to take this seriously, I'm going to start writing. So how long did it take you to kind of get to that point, and what is the process like for you when it comes to writing jokes? Ooh, okay. So to get to this point, so um, I, I think I'm a little different than some of the other communities that I've been around in most of the years. I, I've, I've been doing it 10 years. I've got a chance to work with a lot of big names from, from Donna Rollins to T.J. Miller to um, Charlie Murphy. Uh, There's a whole list of them. But the, the, I guess my eye-opening point was I was supposed to open for Chris Rock uh, when he was here in Charlotte. Um, he ended up catching COVID, so it just kind of stopped my opportunity there to get it. But it opened my eyes that it was like to be asked to open for him. It opened my eyes to where I was actually in the actual comedy game that Oh man, to be even asked. So you were what six, seven years in, and then you get asked to open for Chris Rock. I mean, it it sounds like not in an egotistical way, but it was like, oh, I'm like I'm the real deal, kind of. Yeah. Or maybe it, I should take this more serious. Well, it, that was one piece. I was already. I've kind of took it serious for the 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 entirety. I always, but I wasn't as focused as I am now. That's been the biggest change for me that I wasn't focused because I did have everything else being a father um, and husband and and full-time work and then actually run the business side of the comedy. I do everything. Me and my wife do everything ourselves. I don't have an agent or anything of that nature. So that it was the pandemic that opened my eyes to say, hey, uh, let's get more serious about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it also came from the ask about uh, the uh, Chris Rock. Rock. Yeah, because I've, I've worked with a lot of big names, but I've never been even asked. To that's start. one of the biggest. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> well, that's yeah. awesome, man. I think it's great. And that, and you are still a regular at the Comedy Zone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there pretty regularly. And in, and in addition to being a regular at the Comedy Zone, Ray does does travel a lot. You've recently gotten onto the university and college circuit, right? Yeah, I started at last year. So this is my second year in, and I've, I've done 
ooh, quite a few schools. Have, have you found that the material that you use in Charlotte is it does it translate in you know places like Ohio or Nebraska or Alabama? Like, are you able or do you do you find yourself struggling or bombing on stage in different you know, geographical regions? No, no. I, I think the type of comedy that I do, my comedy is like human based, so it's not really specific to a a specific area. Uh, a lot, of, whether it's Alabama or New York, we still have, a, all of us have so many different common experiences as humans and things that we know just just from maybe some movies, larger movies that we've, yeah. we've watched. So uh, I generally build my comedy off based on like, uh, like an emotion really. So my the feeling that I have was like, I may do a joke about being left someone's been left before. <laughs> so yeah. the feeling about it is universal. So it doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter your race, someone's left you at some point. Well, that's, yeah, that, well, that's a, that's a, an interesting and an intelligent approach yeah. to comedy. You know, that <clears throat> we all have our favorite comedians, you know, we, you know, some people like storytellers, some people like the, you know, the, the rapid fire joke telling. I like all of it. Yeah. You know, if it's funny, it's funny, you know. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times the people who are doing the more relatable material that have they cast a wider net, they have a broader audience, and yeah. it does translate well from, from city to city, town to town, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's necessarily just attempting to be broader. I think it's because I still do some, so I think I have a, I try to do a little bit of all of it, from impressions to, which I haven't into recent, months actually started back doing them i can do some really well but just don't do them so what's one of your favorite impressions to do uh cat williams just because people i've done that one for so many i haven't heard you do it i just I, that dude is wild yeah that dude is he is he's funny He's funny, but he's, I, I don't know that I could hang out with him for a long period of time. Uh, whatever do you mean by that? <laughs> I think he's a little much. Uh, look, sir, let me tell you. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm too reasonable. You know what I mean? Like, like a dude like that, he's, yeah, he's wide open all the time. <laughs> I don't do well with those kind of people. I, I, I reach a limit. I'm like, I, I'm going home. I, I'm going home. I, I gotta go to bed. I gotta work in the morning. I could. I could only imagine. I don't. There's a lot of times. I, I wonder if some of the things he does is just for the camera, or if what is his actual? What is he actually like? Because I, I, a lot of times you meet comics, uh, especially if you're on the road. You you'll see them on stage, and I, I think I'm that way too. I'm a lot different on stage than I am in person, just because I'm pretty chill. But then I, I have to. The inner me yeah. <laughs> that comes out that says all the, the ratchet. Fucked up shit. <laughs> and then uh, I, I'm uh, I'm still a people person in this. I don't like people, but I'm still a people person. I love people, but I don't like them. So I think most of us like I came up in the in the service industry. Yeah. And when you when you are when you when you work when your job is to deal with people, yeah. you do have you develop a love for it. Like I did early on, I developed yeah. a love for being social and, and being working with interacting with people. After, there's like a certain amount of time that will pass, and for me, it was right like in my late twenties, early thirties. I've already been in it for almost fifteen years, and you start to get tired of people's 
bullshit, you know, yeah. for lack of a better term. <clears throat> and you do kind of start to hate people. I mean, I'm, I'm the same <laughs> way. I love people. <laughs> I love people. I just hate the way people act sometimes. That's the, that's <laughs> I think it's a better way to say it. Yeah. Especially when they're out like at a restaurant or at a bar, you know, because when you're in the service industry, that's your job is to serve people. And, you know, that, that whole customer is always right mantra. Um, sometimes that's not right. You know, I'll never forget. I will never forget this one time I'm waiting tables and uh, there's this family that comes in and, and there's two kids, two parents. And the kids had to have been between like eight and twelve, you know. Yeah. These kids were the worst behaved kids I've ever seen. And like this kid is like he's ordering me around like a slave. He's like, get me this, get me like, and he's like aggressive about it. He's like ten. <laughs> and um and at one point, like, I'm I'm trying to, you know, take care of these people and i and the kid says some weird mean shit to me and I looked at his dad. I just looked at dad right in the eye. And and he and as soon as I looked him in the eye, he did this, he put his head down and just Sat there, and I kind of gave him a look like, "Are you going to discipline your child?" And he just put his head down. I was like, "Oh my God, this kid's going to be a serial killer." Yeah. Like, like he's got no direction. It is stuff like that, like the observations that you make in this business. I mean, that's what you do. You work with people. You make oh, yeah. a lot of your job is making observations and making them funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's. I wish I had that skill. If I could make that shit funny, I'd be doing the same thing you do. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, sometimes I don't know if I'm doing this right, so. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've seen you perform. You're a pretty funny guy. I think Thank you're doing you, all right. Do you get the, uh, like, when you when you meet people out in public, when you're not at a comedy, you know, at a, uh, you know, performing, yeah. do, you, do, you, do you tell people I'm a stand-up comedian? Like Now I do, just because I'm promoting everything. Everything becomes a, <laughs> a tax write-off, <laughs> so. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> what? Every trip I take is, I'm at the gas station, I got to check that mileage off, man. <laughs> So the tax lady that's watching this, <laughs> let you know the mileage that's all counted for. <laughs> that's pretty much what I do, man. It is. It is like once you once you do start working for yourself, it, it does become a twenty four seven thing. Like it's it's hard not to think about because until you, I don't know what it's like to reach that level of comfort or, or wealth where you're not worried about the next mortgage payment. So I guess if we ever get to that point, I'll have a different perspective. But as for now, every person I meet is a potential customer that will come. Well, right? you, or you could do that. I, I mean, I got rid of my mortgage. <laughs> I had a, a fun fact about me. I was a full-time RV. I'm a full-time RVer. So I sold my house in May 2019. Me, the wife, and uh, at the time it was just two kids. But uh a month after we we sold the house we uh we got pregnant so uh -uh. yeah but that's how we got rid of our mortgage so you can get rid of your mortgage you just gotta live in a box truck now do you take the rv to your shows out of state uh i used to now the gas is too much now just or it's, i'm back driving again so it's uh hey you live you learn but uh so i we used to be on the road, like going back and forth from, from just everywhere on it. So and it was cool because you, I mean, you camp anywhere. You just so I've yeah. been at, <laughs> I stayed at the club and uh, matter of fact, I was just in Greensboro like a week or so ago, two weeks ago, and um, when I went there and uh, the owner was like, "Hey Ray, what's up?" Yeah, I just I'm like, man, it's I just stayed in your parking lot the last time I was. <laughs> 
Like you can't forget me. <laughs> I lived. I used your water hose. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know there's not a lot of comics coming at K. Can I borrow your water hose? Like no. One. I was gonna say, have, are there other comics you know that do that? That have done that? That have completely mm. pushed the chips in? And it's like fucking. I'm buying an RV and this is what we're doing. Uh, I think. I, I think there may have been some. I don't know of any that did with their family. <laughs> so it gives you a whole new family. well, it gives you a whole new perspective because a lot of comedians will get up and talk about the travel aspect of their job and a lot of it's you know, air air travel. You've got a whole other there's gotta be like this plethora yeah. of of material about RVing around for gigs. Yeah, man. Look, so because I use my family's gonna roll with me too, so I'm not like most comedy travel by themselves. My family generally comes with me on the road, so they take the beating too. So, <laughs> we know. well, I think it's awesome that your family's that supportive. I mean, you have a wife that's one hundred percent behind you, and, and I'm assuming you guys made this this decision together. Yeah, I guess. No, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, nah, nah, she. This is a thing, especially with doing this and selling the house and doing the RV thing. It was uh, we've. We talked it over. We looked into it. You know, you you kind of prepare for everything, but nobody can prepare for a pandemic. So yeah, we uh we had things you know laid out. We we're going to be in be in the RV for this length of time, but then the pandemic hit. So it was like, all right, you know, I guess we're doing this. Yeah, I guess we're doing this for a while now. <laughs> um, but it actually, uh, it made the doing it during the pan right before the pandemic. Actually, to me, I wouldn't change anything because like I got a chance to travel during the pandemic because well, everyone else was locked up well everybody else was locked up i can go back and forth to my family uh, like my parents house which I, I got to see them more than i really did in my adult life and then try to visit my sisters and stuff out of state because i mean we we didn't really have to get out anywhere the kids didn't have to get out anywhere so they were uh one of the things i'm finding uh since since i started this whole thing because the, the whole podcast started because of the pandemic you know mm. I, the, it threw a monkey ranch in my plan to get this place open and i'd already started to build you know somewhat of a following and i was like well i can't just let this die on the vine how do i keep it going and that hence the podcast and since since i started this show since i started this whole journey i've gotten to meet a lot of different types of artists that do different types of things and I love how many people, the pandemic, as shitty as that whole situation was, the one, like, big, huge silver lining is that so many people woke up and realized, I have complete control of what happens to me. I have complete control of my future, my livelihood. And you've now there's this, and I said it early on in the pandemic. I yeah. Go back and listen. <laughs> I said it early on. I said, there's going to be this explosion of creativity this explosion of, of self-made wealth and that kind of and entrepreneurship. And that's exactly what happened. People got locked down. And, and I think, I think that the, you know, without getting into the politics of it all, yeah. I think that, you know, the powers that be thought that this was going to be a way to put more control on people, but it had the exact opposite effect. In fact, it put people into a place, you put humans in a corner, we're going to figure shit out. There's a reason we're at the top of the food chain. You know what I'm saying? We invented fire. We invented the wheel. We invented, you know, HVAC. Like we've made comforts for life. And when you put human beings in a in a in a, in a seemingly hopeless situation, they find ways. Ingenuity. What is the uh, saying? Uh, um, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Yeah. You know, people sitting around can't leave their house. They got to figure out a way to be happy. And my God, I'm so happy that it happened because now all these there's all these people that are artists. They've started businesses. And, you know, the pandemic, you know, 
don't want to say it's the best thing that's ever happened to us as a species because it's not but it certainly was one of the best things that ever happened to the entrepreneur spirit in this day and age so, so like you say being backed into core necessity and having that, that 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 was the biggest thing for my wife and i when we were looking at buying the rv and doing the full-time rv thing. we were literally working for the mortgage <laughs> yeah and that's what they want yeah so that was the that was the the thing we didn't want to like spend most of our days so before the pandemic it was the all right i'll be at work driving to work i was uptown charlotte i'd work in you know it takes an hour plus to get to the office just for 20 minute drive to charlotte so an hour for a trap then eight hours a day and then another hour back and then from generally from there it would really depend on the day i'd be going to open mic something working on material so i wouldn't really see my family until you know late hours yeah, you're, of the you're in this cycle of of uh, it's like a hamster wheel it's, exactly. it's like you got to do this 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 and this and and i'll be i'll be honest as as scary and as nerve-wracking as it is at times yes. the unpredictability of my life now is one of my favorite things about it you know, not just not, you know, yes, it's, it's, it is very stressful, fi you know, figuring out how to keep this place going, how to keep this thing going. Yeah. But at the same sense, before this, with my previous business, it was the same thing every day, it, just the same thing every day. And that's so boring. So this is a question for you. So if the predictability of your last time, you're cool with it. Is your family cool with it? Being yeah, we yeah. My wife has been nothing but supportive throughout this. I mean, absolute one hundred percent. I mean, there it hasn't been easy. You know, there've been time. There've been moments of doubt. There's been you know, yeah. moments where the stress builds to a boiling point. Um, her and I have a respect for each other that I've I've never had before with with anybody. Her, you know, I love you, babe. C Dub. Uh, she, I mean, she's the shit, man. Like, well, we. <laughs> Dude, baby, watch this episode. I don't, she doesn't watch the podcast. She doesn't care. She's gonna watch but, this. <laughs> uh, she, but, I mean, early on, her and I had kind of when we first started dating, we we had all these conversations about, you know, having respect for one another, yeah. and like we've never done the name calling thing. You know, I've never called her a bitch. I've never like we you know we know all of each other's past and secrets. We don't. Yeah, you're a good one. Not yeah, exactly. Like we. <laughs> You know, we don't throw our past in each other's face, anything. We don't do any of that. You know, we have been upset with each other in the past, and usually what we do is we kind of go into our corners and think it through before we have a conversation. We don't talk to each other when we're pissed off. You know, we, we just, I don't know, we, get, we have that thing that, that makes it work. And, you know, I see, I look around and a lot you of You need the, to do a couple seminars. No, no, don't take, don't, don't anyone try to be like me. I, this was a hard road. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Learning things the hard way gives you a deeper understanding of people. Um, but, it, but, but, I mean, I, I could, I'm just absolutely grateful that my family's been behind me 100%. You know, you, know, you, you don't... You know, freedom. That's what we're look. That's what we're trying to get, right? We're trying. Yeah. We're, we're 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 chasing freedom. Yeah. The American dream, however, whatever you want to phrase it as, and you know the freedom to to not know what's going to happen next is way more exciting than you know pencil pushing forty hours a week and you know I, some people thrive on that structure. You know, like again, don't. I'm not trying to be anyone's example. Yeah. I, I'm just a different type of person. There's certain people that are made 
to do that and, and they're good at it and it makes them happy and they get to take their, their one or two week vacation every year and they go golfing and you know they so now that that may be true but then it may have been like the pandemic I I was I was just as much into banking at one point as I am stand up so I don't know if it's maybe having the time to realize it that that all right this is not what I want to do because if they are a pencil pusher Maybe if given where they couldn't do it anymore, they would really enjoy something else. So, well, I, you're right. You're right. I think that a lot of people, if given the opportunity to, or or if even if someone in their life inspired them, yeah. You know, but it takes. I don't. <laughs> there's no way to say this without coming off like kind of an asshole. But that we be here for the asshole. It takes it takes an immense <laughs> amount of courage. It takes an immense amount of courage to yeah. to pull the trigger on something like this, entertainment or you know, entrepreneurship. <laughs> it takes a, it takes balls. Yeah. And you know some some people handle stress better than others. Yeah, here that I got balls. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> hey, that's good. Appreciate that, man. Look, <laughs> you have very see. big balls, Ray, buddy. <laughs> I guess that's so. gonna end up on a reel. Ron's <laughs> gonna cut that out for sure. <laughs> but uh, the first time I had another man discuss my balls. <laughs> You're going to edit it up. So you're going to have to listen to it a few times. We're getting so many nuggets on this big one. balls. No, you run that back. You need to start cutting. That needs to be the song you walk out to on stage from now on, ACDC's Big Balls. I don't know if I heard that. Wait. Oh, oh we'll play it for you after the show. It's a good one. I used to sing at karaoke back in the day. Are you a karaoke singer? I, I, I can't sing. I would always do songs that you don't have to have a real voice to do. Like, my go-to was Gin and Juice. That was like... Oh, you cheat you. That song would get the party started, man. I'd go into these bars and be a bunch of people. They'd call me up. I'd, st I'd start doing gin, gin and Juice. You could see the energy in the room rise. And people were like, oh, shit. What's he doing? But uh, Big Balls was another one I'd like to do. I'd do Jump Around from time to time. You know, I gotcha. old school shit. I, I can't sing. I, I wish I could. Yeah, I if I could it. sing, I would be singing for a living. Music man, you bet you could sing. Yeah, I can sing pretty good. I think. Okay. Uh, not to try, not to pose too much. But you know, I usually ask people with the, I, I, the, the sound equipment if they can sing. You can sing. <laughs> I can't sing for shit. Oh, okay. You look like Luke he's Combs lying. over there. He, he's lying. B, BDJ's a performer. He, he, he's lying. Yeah, you are. I think. I've been paid a couple times. You've been paid a couple times. <laughs> but see, that, I mean, that's what we're all about, right? <clears throat> Celebrating talent. Yeah. Yeah, rip it back in. You know, it, a lot of people have a talent they don't even realize. You, know, you just try something new. I think a lot of the fear, fear keeps a lot of people from doing a lot of things. You know, not you know. What if what if I suck? What what if you suck? I you know, is is a is a couple moments of shame? You know, really going to stop you from following through with something that 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 makes you happy? You know, and and that's you know that that's I guess that's my question to anybody that's sitting at home thinking about you know doing something different. And you're not happy. If you're happy, great. If you're happy, be happy. Like I'm happy for you that you're happy. But if, if you're not, if you're sitting at home, if you're watching this, you know, pushing a pencil, thinking that there's something else you'd rather be doing, at least try it. 
You know, we do open mic every Wednesday at seven o'clock. Uh, <laughs> he did a perfect plug. Like it was nah, right there. Hey, man, they got they got a dope open mic too, man. I've uh, I've come a couple times, man, a chance to watch, and I actually went up on and performed uh, once here. Um, but man, I love this place, man. We uh. Uh, I hope we have a you know a, a nice run at this man. I think we will. I mean, even after even last week at the at the comedy show at the end of the show, I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, how long can this last before I can't afford them anymore? Because <laughs> I know, I mean, you know, you you've 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 pushed all your chips in and you're doing the thing, and I know that at some point there will come a time where. You know, this won't be worth your time. You'll be getting paid to, you know, play theaters or play bigger rooms. And, you know, you know, hopefully by then there will be somebody else in town that's ready to you know, take that up. But while you're here, while I, first of all, if I haven't said it yet, I really appreciate you taking a chance on us bringing a show here like that. I wanted to do stand-up comedy from day one. And my biggest fear was trying to put together a stand-up show and it turning into like a local open mic with a bunch of people that aren't that funny and because I've seen that happen around here before and you know it's I wanted it to be a real comedy show and you were a godsend for us like you show oh. you know answering my texts coming and talking to me you know it it, it gave us it gave us the opportunity to do something I really wanted to do in a way that I really wanted to do it and so I'm grateful I'm going to forever be grateful for that man well I am also as gracious as you man I think that's maybe one of the the biggest I guess misconception in, in comedy is that like they say people outgrow the space, but I think no matter the size of space, you need the the quality space. Yeah. So when you have a, a space like here that uh, that cultivates art and understand that there takes time for things to grow, also for the ability for freedom within the space to say, all right, you can do this, this, and you know, it's not like any allow an artist to be an artist without you know telling them what colors to draw with. Yeah. So I think that's the the thing that made it uh, such an advantage in meeting you. It's like, yeah, man, this this guy sent just as well as you as someone that actually is understands the art because what I feel like and comedy is definitely an art form. Because I hear a lot of comics, especially a lot of young comics, oh man, I'm funnier than that guy or that. And that's a matter of. Per perception, though, that's kind of a silly thing to say. It is very much so, but I, not, I can't even say that for just young comics, but there's older comics too, but I, I realized over time and working with so many different uh, comics from, from every background and race and religion that it's it's music. Everybody has a, it's, it's just the way, and even when I'm on stage, there's a rhythm to it. So the, the music of comedy is Sometimes you like slow music. Sometimes you like rock fast. Sometimes you like hip hop or Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so <laughs> it's you like I'm the same way. So people, you know, kind of stereotype me. Think at times you know, you know, just hip hop or rap or like I'll, I'll listen to Luke Combs or Adele or something like this. I listen yeah. to everything. So it makes me as a comic on stage diverse, and I give that energy at times. So if I'm mad on stage, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you do you have a different, uh, do you have a different show when it's an all black room than you do when it's an all white room? Not really, not for me, because my jokes are, they're pretty much human. I may, I may control the audience differently. So, because they generally they're rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I can't even say that, that's just, 
because I can say even some of the white rooms, they're rowdy too. So it just really depends on the room will determine how I handle them. So, so you're feeding, it's, it's less about the demographic, more about the energy in the room. That's exactly what it is. Because yeah. the, the audience has a voice themselves. The same way mm -hmm. their laugh comes out generally in unison. Generally when I'm laughing, they'll, it'll laugh at one. I know when the laugh's going to come almost on the snap of a finger. Even if I do a joke and it doesn't get the laugh, I've built in where I'm like, all right, I'll do the whole joke. Do not get the laugh, and I'll do the tag of which I'll add an extra piece, and I'll get the laugh. So, but the audience as a whole has their own voice. They have their own culture in the audience. Yeah. So you could tell, like, when generally some of the openers, they'll go up, and you can say, like, okay, they didn't like that joke or that joke. Uh, it's so you're getting a, an idea of the energy in the room before you even get on stage just by how an opener's doing and right. how their jokes are being received. Exactly. So that's one thing as a, as a headliner. Uh, I can go comments going before me. I don't know what they're doing if I'm going to different cities. I don't know what they're going to do. So they can have some similar type jokes within there or topic jokes. Of So I have to be prepared for that. And then if I'm... Like if I'm doing a college, I do the college shows. I do solo shows, so I have no clue. There's no one. So these these university shows, there's no other comics. It's just you. It's just me. I bring a full show. So How long is the show? Is it 30, 45? I do an hour. You do an hour? Yep. So that's that's intimidating to me, especially right now in 2023, going to these colleges and universities. The, uh, at least all the things that I've heard and seen and read and watched about the way the 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 culture is in college right now. You know, they'll run you right out of a room. You say one word the wrong way. Nah, I, I, I totally disagree. I think it's, it's probably the comments you're hearing it from. So, uh, so a lot okay. of it, this is what happens when you have comments, ah, oh, they were a shitty crowd, or, oh, man. The only difference is in most of these college rooms that I've seen, I've done from, uh, let's see, I don't know if I can say these names on here, so... <laughs> but, yeah, let's not name, name yeah, drop but, anybody. You but, can say a geographic region if you want to do that. Yeah, like, we'll do, like, in... I just did two college last week in Buffalo, Niagara Falls area. I've got a big, a bigger school in Pennsylvania that I'm doing, actually, this upcoming week. But you'll see, just depends on where you at, like you say, geographically. So I can see how the sensitivities would change depending on, like if you go south, it'd be more religious-based mm -hmm. stuff that would be sensitive levels if you go up north. But I honestly think that even in, in the, even with that, that it's it's really more so the comics. I mean, because you're controlling the whole show. Now, if they bring, I don't know what they're doing on their shows. I, I bring my whole show, it's just me, so <laughs> it's all on me. I don't have anyone to. Now, the, doing, doing college gigs solo, is is that, what they want like or or because i'm assuming you've got some guys you like to go on the road with from time to time yes right? so right. I'll, I'll take guys out on to club gigs um just because it's whatever i don't have to worry about what what they're saying if it's, are most club owners like easy to deal with yeah the, the ones i do the the comedy zone is my my club that i do it's most your home of. club that's my home club here but they also have clubs across the country right. so and the bahamas so they I generally work through their network of clubs. So, have you ever done the cruise ship thing? No, I have not. Uh, I've been asked to do uh, <laughs> carnival, but uh, all the details and the schedule haven't worked out yet. So, we uh, 
Perhaps this year. Well, I ain't gonna knock on the whatever it is behind. Knock on green screen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they. Uh, I, they I'd like to. I'd like you to come back and, and talk to me about your experience on the cruise ship if you decide to do that. Because I've 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 met a couple of people that were performers on cruise ships, and from what I've heard, the money is like just enough to like keep you coming back, but it's a <laughs> shitty life. Being stuck on a ship for two weeks at a time over and over and over again. Yeah, that's kind of like the... I wouldn't want to stay on a, a cruise ship or even the college. I love the colleges and working, doing How'd you be in the comedian that was stuck on them cruise ships right when COVID started? Oh, man, I'm straight. I bet they got a gang of material out of that, though. <laughs> well, I mean, if they want to use it, because that's the problem. If you've been on a cruise that long, you're pretty much probably not doing anywhere else. Because you've been consistent on there, and then now you don't want to do them. Now you got to get back into the clubs. You start telling jokes about, you know, <laughs> you start telling jokes about whales and sharks and seahorses. That's, that's when it's time to give up the, <laughs> the cruise ships. Yeah, I don't know, man. But they, that's the thing. You've, it, pro, it should theoretically make you stronger because you have so many, the, the, the constant uh, change of people from across the world. That's a that's a good point. So, and you're probably performing more frequently because you're doing it probably two, three times a day, as opposed to you should theoretically get a lot stronger, a lot faster as a comic. But I mean, if you get into a, I know for me, I've I've I intentionally put myself through some bullshit shows coming up in the comedy game. So I. I've performed in the rain. I've, I would always, at the open mics, especially we used to have them years ago at the Comedy Zone or at other open mics, hey, yo, put me up last. Where there's, and the reason I wanted to go last, because after you sat through 15 shitty comics or comics that have done really well, the audience is tired now on anybody. But if yeah. I can make If you can them, make them guys laugh at the end of the night, you're, yeah. you're doing, that's, that's, I like that. It's boot camp. That's what yeah. it is. So. There was not really anything that, so I started putting, like I've pulled the RV out on 4th of July, plugged my own speakers up. Right, actually, right here in Gastonia, there's a, past the uh, QT, there's a, like a little field where we'd go watch uh, the fireworks on 4th of July. Yeah. Pulled the speakers out, just did, cars pulled up. Some gotta be careful around them QTs, man. <laughs> <laughs> Once the sun goes down around them QTs, you gotta watch out. Hey, man, I ain't, I be traveling the world, man. I ain't. <laughs> I ain't heard about nothing, man. <laughs> Look, Let me know if you ever get to do a show outside of a Wawa. Outside of a Wawa? Look, I'll, I'll, I'll do a show anywhere at this point. It really doesn't matter to me. I, but generally, I will. I like it for the audience to have the best experience. But, you know, I'm low maintenance. So it is after doing it for so long. And have, I got one, one, one of my first shows, like one of the first or second year I was in comedy, there was an, uh, we had a, a festival in Charlotte, like it was just a bunch of mics that were uh, set up across town. We're just doing like a three-day, almost like a, like a little comedy festival. That's cool. But the it wasn't put it together as well as it probably should have been at the time. <laughs> it was, uh, one of the places was on the back of a little taco spot, and it was outside. And every time, <laughs> apparently, it was motorcycle night. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> every time you you get yeah. on Man, <laughs> that gotta be annoying as shit. Look, this is this is the mic right here, but <laughs> the whole mic was this long, so it was a little box about this big, a little, and the cord was this long, so you had to <laughs> stand like this and tell a joke. I was like, I think I, 
I think this is where I'm, I'm supposed to be right here. This is what I'm supposed to be telling jokes off a little mic like this the rest of my life. So, uh, I love your attitude and your perspective, and I like your grind, man. I respect your grind. I like that you're, you know, you're doing the damn thing, and I respect the hell out of that, and I love it, man. Thank you, man. I love it. Before we before we wrap things up, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find you, and if you've got any shows coming up in this area, tell them uh, where to go. Uh, yeah, you can find me. Uh, every fourth Thursday, <laughs> right here at the Rooster, uh, seven thirty. Um, we do it. Uh, February twenty third is the next show that's coming up. Uh, right here at the Rooster. Uh, you got coming with us this month? Huh? Who's coming this month? Uh, we have Gary Folk Fields. Man, this guy's out of. Uh, he was actually I've actually never seen this guy perform live. Before. He came as a total referral from one of my. I call my OGs, so I generally will take a referral from someone. We'll see how it turns out. So, uh, but then also I have. So if he's not funny, it's not your fault. Hey man, we are gonna make it happen either way. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him before. I went and followed his Instagram when you made the when you sent me the yeah. flyer. He, he's 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 good. He, he'll be funny. <laughs> so this is a, but no, I generally if I haven't seen anyone, I've, I, this is the first time I ever book anybody that, uh, and I've produced some shows that I've booked anybody that I've never seen before at any capacity. So. You know, what I'll do is, uh, I'm sure he's going to be funny because he came as a referral and I trust the referrals him. And then, but I also have one of my uh, comic friends uh, that has actually been on quite a few shows with me. And um, actually, one of the guys here, I think I called him, was it Manslaughter? I think it was, what was my man named, the DJ that was here at the time? Was uh, it Manslaughter? Pete. Oh, we called him Manslaughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, we got Jason Allen King that's coming. Uh, Jason Allen King, he's a he's a monster in the game, man. Around especially around the Charlotte scene and across the country, we both um, toured the uh, the country, man. And uh, he's hilarious, man. So he's actually got a he's got I think top ten and on dry bar specials right now. Uh, I was actually already following him on Instagram, yeah. so when I saw that on the flyer, I was like, all right, this yeah. dude's funny. That's my yeah. man. So he uh, I've worked with Jason quite a few and uh, quite a few things. He was a uh, on one of my specials, I didn't ever put it out, but he, <laughs> uh, I've uh, I've worked with quite a, quite a bit over the years, so and, uh, he's a guaranteed he's gonna make it happen yeah. out here. It'll be a funny show, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it: get those tickets in advance. We almost sold out our very first show. We have limited availability because we bring in tables and chairs. It lowers the amount of tickets we can sell. So it's a more intimate show. I actually, I think sometimes those smaller intimate shows are way better, especially in comedy. When you get into like the big arenas, you know, I've seen like Louis C.K. in an arena. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to hear. Yeah, it's yeah, much you, there's an echo in the room. You're looking at a screen. He, he's a little tiny figure on stage. When you're in a small room like this, once a, a comedian gets going and gets the, the room laughing, the room just fills with laughter, and it just it just makes the show that much you know, better energy. It's more more funnier. Yeah, look, if you <laughs> never the and even the comments that were here last, Joy and Ty will let you know this is as close as without. He, uh, Michael didn't have to do anything to adjust other than move the tables around where we can make it and bring in some some quality talent to make this as close as a comedy club as possible. So if you've never been to a comedy club or a comedy show, period, this is your great place to start. So you'll know where the standard is when you go out. You're like, oh, man, this is definitely not like what they had at the Rooster. So 
this is probably going to be the best place for comedy in and around the area. Oh, man, that I know, thank you man. for saying that. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, we're going to bring some amazing talent through here. Much, so, I got there's so many comics that have hit me up that want to come through here already. <laughs> hey, maybe we need to uh, up, you know, start doing it more often. Hey, well, uh, hey, if you guys buy, if they buy tickets, then we gonna do it every. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so get, go ahead and get those tickets. You can get them on our website now uh, on the events tab at theroostergastonia.com. Um, again, limited availability, so get those tickets now. The tables are first come, first serve. So, you know, if there's just two of you, you might have to sit with another couple. But that's always worked out well for my wife and I when we go to shows. Uh, and then we're going to keep doing it on the fourth Thursday of every month. Um, are there any other upcoming shows in the Charlotte area that you know about? Ooh, not in Charlotte, so. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off a few dates we have coming up. Um, next Thursday is uh, February 16th. We have an open blues jam. Bring your instrument. Uh, all types of blues are welcome. Uh, it's hosted by uh, David Fry and Mark Baumgartner. Um, they're going to backline, so c come and sing the blues with us on the 16th. Friday, the 17th of February, we have the Brent Cates duo and Garrett Huffman opening. Uh, Garrett Huffman was recently signed. Uh, that kid's going to be a star, so come see him before he's uh, too famous to come back here and play. Um, comedy night's the 23rd. The very next night, on the 24th, we're having an EP release party for Dove Cage. Dove Cage was recently here and opened a show. Uh, they... they Toured up here, and, and now we're going to celebrate the new album on the 24th. Uh, the Dancing Fleas are coming on Friday, March 3rd. That is a ukulele party band. I cannot wait for this show. It's got like six ukulele players, and they take like top 40 stuff and, and do it on ukulele in a fun way. That's going to be a fun show. And then on March the 10th, we have Idlewild South. That is an Almond Brothers tribute band. That's another one you're going to want to get tickets in advance for because it will sell out. Um, we got a whole lot more stuff coming. Just go to the website, follow us on social media follow comedian ray money on instagram and facebook uh his production company is called signature laugh entertainment you can follow them as well and uh, keep up with ray see where he's playing if you're watching this in another state go check out his stuff to find out when he's coming to to make you laugh anything you want to leave our people with uh, yeah you could actually find everything comedian ray money at comedian what is it? At ComedianRayMoney.com? <laughs> it's ComedianRayMoney.com. It's at ComedianRayMoney on Instagram. Check him out. And then I will leave you guys with one thing. I have a major show announcement coming very soon. I'm waiting on the pe person putting that show together to put the promo video out. But go ahead and save the date for April 7th. We're going to have a pretty wild night that night. Um, I believe that's it. Ray, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Appreciate the show, and I can't wait for the next one on the 23rd. Man, thank you for having me. Awesome. Peace and love.